Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. You know, we almost wear busyness like a, like a badge. You know, like, oh, I'd love to go to that, but, you know, i am I'm got this, I'm busy. Instead of just saying, no, I don't actually want to go to that. No, I don't want to go to your wedding. You know, that's a whole day. I just don't want to spend doing that. They'll be like, oh, no, I'm busy. You know, oh, I've got to stay in the deck. I've been needing to. And the day I chose was your wedding day. Can't change it now. Anyway, and, and this, this thing of busy, we're all running. We're all, we're all running. It's like there's a fire, but we, we don't even know where we're running to. And so much time we are spending on things. Now, it's your life. Spend it how you want. Uh, uh, build the relationships that you want and things like that. But if we are followers of Christ, we have to remember it's not just our life. We are part of something bigger and, and, and we belong to someone and we have surrendered our life. So I can't just say, well, it's my life. That, that went out the window when I asked Jesus to save me. So I'm no longer choosing for myself, but I'm asking him for the Father's will. Right? Not my will, but yours be done. Then I can no longer say, well, it's just my life. I'm going to do what I want. Okay, I'm not going to ask you to raise hands, but how many of you ever driven past somebody who needed help changing their wheel and you didn't stop because you were busy? <laughs> I said, I'm not going to ask, but thank you for your honesty. <laughs> right? And, and uh, you know, if, if, we've, if we've ever uh, uh, faced things where uh, I, I realized this in, in, in business, like somebody who's irreplaceable. Have you ever met somebody at the office place who's like, oh, they're irreplaceable? And then they leave the company. And amazingly, the company carries on without them. You know, whatever it might be, nobody's irreplaceable in life. And yet we, we act like, oh, it's so important. I've got to do this and that. And we are so busy, but busy doing what? A, a, a quote that I, that I read, I wanted to figure out why I was so busy, but I couldn't find the time to do it. But there's two things that I, I want to drive home today. Simple. Don't forget about others and don't forget about eternity. In our busyness, we cannot forget about others. You see, sometimes when I'm busy, I'm busy and most of it is just myself, my goals, what I want to achieve, what I want to do. We all have time. Steph will tell you that our, our, our role, whenever somebody makes an excuse about not having enough time to do something. I'm the CEO of two companies. I'm the CTO of another two companies. We just launched a hotel. We run a farm. My wife is a full-time job. <laughs> and I still managed to get in four games of risk and this rugby tournament that I'm playing on my phone, I still managed to find time to do all of those things and prepare this sermon. So, so there is time. What may be lacking is the realization and the motivation and the passion to pursue some of these things. We cannot forget about others. We all know the story of the Good Samaritan. 
What we, we frown upon the, the, the people who walked past him while they were on their way to do something else. They were busy. We're all busy. We all have things going on. But if we are missing opportunities to help others, what is the point of our busyness? Oh, I can't. I can't help you right now. I'm preparing a sermon. No, rather don't prepare the sermon and help the person. Because the sermon is teaching us to be better about helping others. What did Jesus spend his whole time doing? Does anybody know? Serving, helping others. That is what we are called to do. Don't forget about others. We are so busy, especially in America. We, 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 we're, trying to, we're trying to build that life and climb that ladder and all of those things, and, and, and we forget that real life is it's the accumulation of relationships and people. Do you know that, I know you know this, but none of the stuff that we accumulate material-wise is going with us to heaven. It's nice to have it on earth. Let's not joke. It's wonderful. But none of it's going to heaven. But yet we spend most of our energy and efforts and passions on things that are stopping at the end of this life. Yet the people in this room, just in this room, the relationships that we build, these will carry on. So think about how you are spending your time and the effort you are putting into things. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't care about what we do. And, you know, but if you spend six weeks wallpapering your, your house, but you, you, you don't take time to go for lunch with somebody or pick up the phone or text somebody or engage with somebody, I would say there's something wrong with that balance. Don't forget about others. This story that I'm about to read you is, is so amazing. My mom used to read us the Bible every day when we were small. We'd have breakfast and then we would go to school. And uh, she, she taught us the, the Old Testament a lot. And, and there are such powerful stories uh, in there. Um, if you're not too busy to read your Bible. <laughs> Let me read this to you. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 to 6. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at, their ta at the town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag, and they had crushed Ziklag and burnt it to the ground. Now, when we read the Bible, we, we, we need to actually try to place ourselves in there to truly comprehend what is being said. How many of you have ever lost anything to fire? Like it destroyed everything you've ever known. There's one. So when you read this, you can understand the situation a little bit more. But I want you to try as much as you can. And if you haven't been through the situation, it's hard. But try to put yourself in David's position. Him and his men have just got home and everybody's been kidnapped. And everything that they've had has been burnt down. My friend in South Africa, the, the neighbor was trying to burn some grass for, for uh, control and it got out of control and burnt half his farm down, my friend's farm. There's no insurance, there's no suing, there's, there's none of these things. Just half his farm is gone. And he was devastated. And, and we were talking about that. David gets back and everything that he has and known is gone. Like life hasn't been hard enough for this guy. He's in exile. And it's gone. 
What do you do in the moment of crisis? This is what I, what I want to point out. We, we, often, we often just go inside ourselves. We shut out the world. We don't want to have to deal with anybody else because it's just about us. But I want to show you that even in the worst times, we are called to be about others. And it's in being about others that God blesses our lives. And we don't do it for the blessing. We do it because we have a deep passion to be a blessing. So let me stop and ask a question. Who have you blessed this week? And it can be in a, in a, a range of ways. Thank you, Michelle. I love you. The perfect kind of crowd I want to speak to. Very interactive. <laughs> Who have you blessed this week? Right? Or have you, have you spent most of the time just appeasing your own desires and wants and, and things like that. But how often do we stop and think about how can I be a blessing to somebody else? Well, I'm busy. You know, I, I, I don't have time for that. I want you every time when you say busy to stop and actually analyze what you're saying. And figure out if you're lying, first of all. And second of all, is it really worth skipping out on whatever it is because of the busyness? Because I think you can do both. I think you can fit it all in. Who have you blessed this week? Whose who's week, whose day, whose life was a little better because you thought about them in the midst of your busyness? Do you know that, I, that, that both our pastors work full-time jobs, right? They're not just sitting around preparing sermons all week. They both work full-time jobs, and, and Pastor Arthur always takes the time to call me whenever he sees a Lamborghini to tell me about it. <laughs> He's busy, but he takes the time to make that call, right? And, and, and I'm busy, and I do as best as I can to always answer his call, and if I can't, I'll, I'll, I'll call him back. Sometimes, you know, you do two at one. You you can get this AR representation of yourself on Zoom meetings that makes it look like you're going. <laughs> and you're not even there. You're sleeping. <laughs> okay, back to the story. They carried off the woman and children and everyone else, um, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could not weep no more. I know we've had this. We, we, we've been through this where you have wept until you could not weep anymore. How do you think of others when you are yourself crushed and broken? But I'm telling you, that's no excuse. Even though the society and culture and everything says it's just about you and take care of you and just worry about you, it's not. Do you know the people that heal the fastest from tragedy are people who are looking to help others? You can... That's, that's documented from psychology all the way through biblically. People who look to help others are happier, live longer, are more satisfied, and heal from tragedy faster. The more, the more you make it about yourself, the worse things seem to, to amplify and get. Their situation is as bad as it gets. Okay, so they, they had... David's two wives, Ahinoam, no idea if I pronounced that right, Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, sounds delicious, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because, because of all of this, his men were thinking of stoning him. 
Stop and think about this for a moment. We love to blame, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because we've got somewhere else to go. Tragedy has happened, and now they want to blame, and David's the, the target because he's the leader. It's wonderful to be the leader until people don't like you as the leader. Pastor, we love you one day, next day. Get the rocks, everybody. <laughs> but David found strength in the Lord. There's a whole sermon just in there. But I want you to think about the condition of their hearts and their lives at this point in time. It's so important. We can get so wrapped up in our own selves that we're just living in our own little bubble and it doesn't please God and it doesn't help the world. Then he said to Abathar the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after the band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out and they came to the brook Besor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400. Along the way, listen to this. They found an Egyptian man in the field and brought him to David. We don't know anything about this Egyptian man. And this is what I'm talking about. When you are racing for an emergency. Daniela and I had that with Joshi. They called us from his school and said he's unresponsive and they've called 911. Right? That day that I drove to his school, I didn't care about red lights. I didn't care about the police. I didn't care about anything. I had one focus and that was getting to my son. You must understand this is the same thing for David. They are on their way to, to get back their, their, their wife and children and, and, and everything that's been taken. And along the way, they find this Egyptian who needs help. He has the one thing, the first thing. His men knew that David would care because they brought the man to David. They knew, hey, David's going to want to help this guy. He obviously had a characteristic and a heartbeat that they knew they would not leave somebody lying on the side of the road, even in their most hurting, broken, painful, terrified, exhausted state. They stopped to help somebody else in that moment. And this is what we have to settle in our hearts. We cannot ever stop helping others. There will be times that we help people out of our joy and there will be times that we help people out of our sorrow. But we cannot forget about others in our rush, even in a hostage rescue situation. They take the time to stop and to help this guy recover. And let me, let me read here. So they gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins for he had not uh, anything to eat or drink for three days. Before long, his strength recovered. Here's the other thing. They had to wait. They had to wait for this guy to recover. Think about when you're in a panic. Think about when you're in a rush, when you've got such critical things to, to, to do. And it could be a presentation you're giving. It could be a... a, a you know, whatever is going on, you're trying to get to a sports game and there's somebody there that needs help. I would hope that my son would be okay if I was a little bit late for his sports game because we stopped to help somebody. 
And if not, we need to have a family talk and realign our priorities. You hear what I'm saying? They stop to help this guy, an Egyptian. It's not one of them. It's not their people, not their race, not their color, whatever you want to call it. They stop to help him. Why? Not because they know him. Not because it's going to be a, a great uh, Instagram moment, you know, that everybody can applaud. Because it's the right thing to do. And here's the incredible thing that comes out of this story. This Egyptian that they stopped to help was part of the raiding party. And you can go on and read it. And he tells them exactly where they went. But when they stopped to help him, they didn't know that. They didn't know that this was going to be the key to unlock exactly what they were wanting. Because God can do more in five minutes than what you can do in five years. And so many times we're chasing, trying to achieve something, and God wants us to achieve it because He gave us that vision. But He wants to do it in a way that helps others. Let me give you a, 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 a cute example. Peter's mother-in-law is sick. Jesus heals her, and then she goes and makes them a meal. Everything Jesus does is so that we can continue to help others. Why? Because the Father's will is that none should perish. And it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. How do people see God's goodness? That's not a trick question. Who wants to tell me? For the most part, how do people see God's goodness? It's through us. But when we are so busy just taking care of our own, People don't see that. We're just, we just like everybody else. But here's the thing. David had a promise from God that he would recover everything. So they could stop and help people along the way because they had a bigger promise in their hearts. And we have a promise too. Do we not have a promise over our lives that God will not forsake us, that God will lead us, that God is always there for us, that God will make a way where there is no way. That he will work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So we don't have to run around in a mad rush trying to, trying to do it like the world does. We can just walk confidently knowing that the Lord is with us and we can stop and help people along the way. I love to make people laugh. My, my daughter was offended by a post that I put on loop yesterday of my brown legs and white feet. And she's like, why would you post that? She commented. And I wrote, for the six people or the eight people that laughed. That's why. If we can just make somebody laugh a little, we've made the world that much better. Because there's enough pain and sorrow. You know what a gift it is to, to make people laugh? I bet you Jesus had a sense of humor. We know he had a sense of humor. When, when the, the disciples were on the boat and Jesus showed up, he could have come any other way. But he, he, I think he enjoyed scaring them a little bit. <laughs> our busyness. What are we forsaking with our busyness? Now listen, if you've ever been part of a church, you know that there's weirdos in church. 
right? Not everybody is out for your best interests. <laughs> Count every four person and that person's a weirdo. <laughs> if you're a weirdo, stand up. <laughs> Wherever you have people, you have problems. And, and our heart is to connect and build relationships and friendships. If we can't do it within our church body, I mean, we're not going to enjoy heaven. Right? These are the people who are following Christ. No, I don't like them. We must not forget about people. We must not forget to call people and text people and these things. Even if you have to set reminders on your phone, it pulls you out of just being consumed of your own things and your, and your own missions and to stop and think about how can I help somebody else today? I had a guy call me on Friday and he's like, is this a good time? And I said, no, but I'm happy to talk to you. That was my, my honest answer. It was not a good time. He was interrupting my, my game of risk. I just... <laughs> but I was genuinely happy to talk to him. And that's, and that's the thing. There, there are lots of people trying to start businesses that we can help. There's always somebody below where you are that you can help lift up. No matter where you are on the, on the pecking order of things, no matter what your job title is, there's always somebody beneath you that you can make a difference in their life, that you can do something. One of my, my, my best things about the McLaren is letting other people drive it. When, I, when we had the McLaren in Houston, I'd let couples come and take it on double dates. I mean, on, on dates. And people are like, you're crazy. Letting them take your car on a date. It gave me such joy to see the looks on their faces driving that car out to go on a date. Isn't that what it should be about? If God has blessed you to be part of the 1% in the world, it's our responsibility to take care and, and do good for the other 99%. And let me just be clear. The 1% is everybody sitting here in this room. Don't, oh, yeah, those rich people. Yeah, you. I'll take you to some countries where every single person in this room is the rich person. You can go and just buy a meal on demand. You're a rich person. You can turn your tap on at home and water comes out. You're a rich person. But to wake up in the morning and to pray and say, God, would you show me who I can do good for today? Isn't that beautiful? Okay, my last point. Don't forget about eternity. Jesus said this. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Easy. Right? But Jesus replies, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Then he said to another person, come follow me. And the man agreed, but he said, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. And Jesus said to him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Now, is Jesus against funerals and families and that? Of course not. But he takes out excuses that everybody else agrees with and he throws it on the ground. There are things that, that maybe we've even lied to ourselves. Oh, I can't, I can't do that. 
The, the amount of people I've heard say, well, I'm, I'm not an evangelist. I can't tell people about Jesus. Lies. You don't have to preach. You don't have to preach. But there are ways that you can show the love of Jesus every single day. You hear what I'm saying? And it could be a handwritten note. If you clam up when you're speaking, then write a note to somebody and give it to them. And say, you're so beautiful. Right? If you're a woman to a woman. If you're trying to get a date, that's different. (laughs) You hear what I'm saying? There are a thousand things that we can do in a day. And it makes our heart full of joy. I've seen my mom do it. When she went through the divorce and and lose her parents and stuff like that, she never stopped her women's group that she was leading. She never canceled it because her heart was broken. She kept blessing others. Right now she's in England visiting my my uncle who, who has been bedridden to go bless him. And she sent a photo. She got him out of bed. He hasn't been out of bed in months and months and months. There he's out of bed and outside. It's a huge interruption for her life and finances to fly to England just to get somebody out of bed. But it's a life well spent. Our life is not just for us, but it's for giving away. Yes? So here's what I I, I ask of you to do. When you get home, put up a sticky note somewhere on your wall or somewhere, put a reminder on your phone every day. Set, set an alarm on your phone that says, bless somebody. And then as, as uh, that alarm, you stop and you pray and you think about somebody that you can send a text to, you can write a letter to, you can invite for dinner, you can send on vacation, you can buy a car, whatever it might be, depending on your means. Use what God has given you for good. And don't forget about eternity. We are called to usher people into the kingdom of God. Every single one of us, and Jesus is not interested in our excuses because he has given us the Holy Spirit to teach us everything we need to know about life and godliness. But make space for others in your life. And I know there there are lots of things are happening in, in life and we've got kids sports and we've got you know all these different things when joshy plays a football game some of them are like an hour or or, or two away that's you know four hours of driving but that's four hours in the car that you can think of things to be a blessing to have phone calls to send texts if you're not driving you hear what i'm saying it's a, it's, it's a mindset of redeeming time. You're getting to the football, and I'm not just worrying about Joshy scoring a touchdown, but I'm also looking around. Is there somebody that we can be a blessing to? Last night at the football, there was this lady sitting in front of us. Oh, and we were just making her laugh. She showed us a photo that, of something, and I took her phone, and we were like taking photos with her phone and everything, give it back to her. Just, just be outside of yourself a little bit. You hear what I'm saying? And God will take care of the rest, but we cannot forget about eternity. When last did you tell somebody about Jesus in some capacity? In something? Oh, I just, I, I just don't know the words. Lies. He will give you the words to say if you even have the desire to want to do it. 
You can't be mean to your neighbor and then tell them about Jesus. That doesn't work. Be kind. Be gracious. My wife was so good uh, when we lived in a neighborhood. Always giving gifts to our neighbors and, and, and little thoughtful things at Easter and God bless you and whatever it might be to open, to open those doors. Be that person. And this last one, John 9 verse 4. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. Night is coming when no one can work. There's a time limit on all of this stuff. Time is running out and we have the good news to give away in whatever capacity it is. There were two people who met at church one day. They'd worked together for several years and both of them were shocked that they were both Christians. <laughs> I didn't know you were a Christian. I didn't know you were a Christian. Don't let this woke culture make you want to bury the fact that you are a Christian. All the more, but show it through your good works and your kindness and your love and your generosity and you being the person who wants to help, not just because other people are, are looking. Amen? So, that is all I got. I've got a risk game coming up now. I need, to, I need to attend to that. Would you mind uh, standing with me and, and let us pray? And if you would genuinely take this to heart and make a pact that you are going to be a blessing and not just to your own family, for sure to your family. That should go without saying. But beyond that, then pray after me. Dear Lord, I've heard your word today. As I saw the example of David, I want to have a heart like that. That even in my despair, I cannot help but help others. Give me eyes to see those in need. Ears to hear. And the ability to do something. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.